I'd rather listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this one. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fanfiction it inspires. I'm Carly. I'm Sandra, and we've locked up all our ashtrays in preparation for today's interview with Supernatural fanfic author Ash. You may know her as Ashtray Thief on AO3. She's also a mod for the anonymous comment mean SBN Masquerade. Ash has been posting fix on AO3 since 2013 and has, last I checked, 188 works listed. She primarily writes RPF featuring J2 with ABO, JDM, alternate universes, the final frontier, dinosaurs, and dragons tossed in for good measure. So big thanks for joining us and welcome back again to the podcast, Ash. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, good. Yeah, I was just, I will just say like looking through your stuff, I was like, wow, (laughs) there is a lot going (laughs) on here. I was just amazed as I was looking through summaries and dinosaurs, dragons, cats. (laughs) There was so much great stuff in there. I was like, where does all this creativity and stuff come from? So I can't wait to like dig in a little bit and and find out more about your writing process and everything along those lines. But I think I wanted to start with what exactly got you into Supernatural and like, when did that all start? Yeah. So, well, my supernatural journey was kind of accidental um, because I didn't have anyone, like none of my friends were watching it. And so, you know, back in the day in like 2012, maybe, no, it must have been earlier, like 2010, maybe, you know, before Netflix came to Europe and before we had access to a lot of things and you had to go to the various internet sites um, (laughs) to find Mm -hmm. stuff. And there was a, this one site and they had like a category for shows with like ridiculously good looking people. And so, of course, Supernatural was listed among them. And I was, you know, I have a shallow streak. So I was like, oh, let's, let's watch that. And it was just way too scary for me because I don't do horror movies. And the pilot has like scary, dark elements, you know. So I was like, you know, they're very pretty, but I don't think they're pretty enough to get me through this. <laughs> and so I quit after the pilot. Uh, and then a couple of months later, I was like at my roommate's place and uh, and they were watching like TNT was on in the background, like a leverage rerun. I was like, yes, this is great. And then it switched to Supernatural. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember those two guys. This is going to be scary. But it was season two's episode. Playthings, and I was like, oh, no, this is this is not too bad, right? Because Playthings is that dark and you kind of see it coming. And I mean, it's creepy, but it doesn't do like the scary jump scare kind of things. And so I was like kind of getting into it. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. And, you know, Sam and Dean are fighting. And I didn't really understand why, because I'd only see the pilot. But it was like enough to be like, oh, these babies. And then Sam fell into the pool. And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, this is very hot. I should probably stick with this. Okay. And uh, and then I went back to the beginning. Um, and then I realized that I was going to love this show for a lot more than just what we did. <laughs> That's really how that went. And yeah. uh, I actually loved it so much. I bought the DVDs so I could like watch it in HD, you know. Okay. I feel nice. like the first season, I think like in terms of horror and stuff, I really feel like the first season leaned into that a lot more than seasons, even like season two, I just felt like, or even like the first half of season one, I feel like they were really trying to go through all of like the urban, 
urban legends and different things like that. And then I think they kind of found their stride with incorporating monsters of the week, but not really being horror. Like for me to be able to watch something like that, because I think I'm like you too, Ash, where I was not, I did, I wasn't really turned on by the fact that it was being touted as like horror, like, you know, like that kind of a thing. And it didn't really, after I was like, oh, it's really not that bad. It's like, it's like horror light. It's like something I could deal with, you know, but I'm still always amazed at how much blood and stuff they got away with. things that they got away with doing on that show with like the vampire beheadings and like just a lot of like stuff that I'm like, Oh, okay. This is just, (laughs) this is on regular TV and we're, 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 we're good with it. (laughs) We're good with it. Fun fact in, so I'm from Germany, which I don't think uh, is a big secret, but when I was ordering the DVDs, season three is rated R in Germany. So you can only buy it when you're 18 which means when I ordered it online, I had to fill out like a special thing declaring that I was 18. And then the, the delivery guy actually had to check my ID when he delivered it. Because, oh, wow. really? Yes, because season three is apparently so gory that like the German, whatever television ratings for it was like, nope, this is rated R. Wow. Yes. I'm trying to think what even is in season three that would... That would... Maybe it's the very end when, I mean, there's... There's Dean getting dragged, you know, there's Dean and the Hellhounds. It's ripped to pieces, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. And that, maybe it is because there's a lot more. I think I think demons are a, a bigger part of it, too, so there's a lot more of that stuff going on, maybe a lot more fights mm. and things along that line that maybe they didn't have as much of in season two. Wow. That's... Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the rest is rated um, in Germany. The ratings are like 16 and 18. So all the other seasons are rated like 16 plus. Mm, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Got to look what they are in the UK now. Yeah. No, everything. I, I think they're all 15s. Yeah. I don't know. Do we even get a rating? Ours is just like episode bonus material, not rated. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> not surprising. <laughs> Doesn't okay. it usually doesn't it say like when you watch it on TV and they like put in the little box? I think the they'll do like I think they've done like a so I think in the US it's like maybe TV they might do TV for like 14. Yeah. I, I'm curious mm-hmm. as to if it was always that way, like even when it first came on, like back in 2005, because I don't remember when the rating system started to kind of change over, you know, over here yeah. where I think it was a little more detailed about what you would what you could expect to see in each episode like there'd usually be a little like runner at the top of like you know for what was going on like tv or whatever and it just seems like it should have been rated worse than whatever it was here i'll have to do some research and figure that one out because like i said i didn't watch it until it was on when it was on netflix and that was later and it was what i'm used to with netflix where they just kind of tell you like what to expect and stuff like that at the top so Oh, wow. So, so interesting. Carly and I get into culture talk a lot too, and just how different it is to, to hear yeah. about that over there. Uh, did you have, you have to make sure you get a, a special like region coded um, yeah. DVD? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when I lived in Germany, I was just getting the German DVDs and, mm-hmm. but they're like for certain DVD players, they're like hacks. And then mm-hmm. you like put in like a cheap sequence and then they can play all DVDs. Okay. So I still have my DVD player from like 20 years ago. <laughs> it has this cheap sequence installed so it can play DVDs from any region. Oh, okay. And 
I am not giving that up until it falls apart. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, see, I have I have all the supernatural DVDs and then I upgraded my laptop and yeah. they don't come with disk drives anymore. Yeah. Just, no, like CDs and DVDs are just, you know, the, the relics now almost. So I had to yeah. go buy like an external like disk drive that I could plug in. Yeah. Um, but then that's too much effort. So I just watch it on Amazon. Like I don't <laughs> I have the DVDs. I don't think I've unwrapped the last couple. But they're just, they're on the shelf. They look nice. It's fine. It's fine. I i bought, so I moved to the UK a couple of years ago and I actually bought the Blu-rays when they came out in the box set after it was over. And I bought a Blu-ray player for it because there was a moment when Supernatural went off Netflix here yes. before it was on Amazon. And I'm like, I'm not paying for Amazon just for Supernatural. So I got the DVDs. Yeah. yeah and then it went, it went off Amazon or it was yeah. going off Amazon. So I... Streaming services are not safety. Like anything no. can disappear at any moment. I'm just like, the important stuff comes on DVDs. Yeah. Well, it, even the you digital know. stuff too. Like, it's just like, I don't, I, I, you can purchase something and it doesn't, I just don't have faith that you can, you can say it's yours forever. Like at any point in time, a yeah. service can decide, nope, well, we're going out of business. Well, what do you do with your stuff? Like, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you happen to host the Jolly Roger on the internet and, um, be slightly nefarious you can download digital oh, things yeah but i'm just stuff. saying like the way that and digital I stuff is right that. now and how they you know like I, I remember and sorry i know we're going off on a tangent but i remember having like a bunch of stuff on one service and they did actually give me enough time and say they were merging over from this other service like make sure you know you you switch over and you see all of your stuff has been you know has gone over and stuff like that you're right. Anything important, I just kind of I want to have a hard copy of it, and because I don't know how long Netflix will even still carry Supernatural, you know, until that's going to be a thing, you know, if that goes to another streaming service at some point. Yeah, and yeah. for me, it's like sometimes I go home to to visit my mom, and like Amazon in Germany is not the same as in the UK. So if you buy something on UK Amazon, you can't watch it on your German Amazon. Oh my god, really? Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't even transfer countries. Wow. That's yeah. disgusting. You need a VPN. You need to be like, no, no, I'm 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 at my house. Please. I would like this. Yeah. It's just it's just a mess. And with like the streaming wars in the US and like new streaming services cropping up and you don't know where stuff ends up and you don't want to pay for like seven different streaming services. So like Oh god no. Yeah. That was the whole I point of that, getting rid of cable and they were just making it like cable again. Like you have to have everything anyway, even if you don't want a cable package here. It's like, no, I'm just going to have to deal with like just a couple of streaming services. It's it's annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, internet piracy kind of went down when it was just like, you know, like Netflix and Amazon and stuff. Because people were like, I can get all my shit in one place and I'll yeah. pay for that. Yeah. And then it was like, especially in the US, everything started splitting up and you have like Paramount and Hulu and this and that. And everyone was like, <laughs> Fuck it, I'll just download it from the internet. Mm -hmm. I'm paying for all these services, so yeah. yeah. But there's only now money. There's no no thought of future. There's only money now. I think we asked this question before, Ash. But do you have a favorite brother? Because I want to hear Carly. <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember. How do you I do believe this? To me? <laughs> so I love them both. Right? That's not but... an answer. If someone put a gun to my chest and made me choose, I would probably pick because we do share, like, obviously we're really nothing alike, but I do share his love, like the old music 
And I like that he has this silly appreciation for his car, which is not really silly at all. But he's just, I also think that especially in the beginning, Dean is just more, not relatable, but you understand him better because he really wears his heart on his sleeve and you know where he's coming from. And Sam is very, he's keeping his secrets in the beginning, both from Dean and from the audience. And so Dean is kind of, you know, your focal point in the show where you know what he wants and you know where he wants to go. And you're trying to solve this riddle that is like reconnecting with Sam together to him. So I think that for me is what they drew me in in the beginning. But Sam is amazing and he's mm-hmm. he's strong and he was so sassy in the beginning. I think they lost <laughs> that a little bit in the writing in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the first few seasons, he was really great. But I love them both. And I think their relationship is the real struggle. And mm-hmm. it was what made me coming back even when the episode quality was not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I, I definitely could see that. Carly and I were talking about, we were ranking our Sams and Deans. And I think it was definitely, Sam Sam had a little bit more lightness to him in the beginning, just like Dean did too, but it just felt yeah. like he was really allowed to relax sometimes more than I feel like in later seasons, he really got the opportunity to. Yeah, Are you and okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I do like that both of them changed and got more serious and got harder after everything they went through. Right, right. But I feel like the writers managed it better to keep giving Dean his silly hedonistic moments, whereas like Sam's sassy moments became much rarer. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was a little sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Sam is awesome, Carly. No, it's too late now. It's too late. You've done it now. It's fine. No, no. You it's, threw it's... your heart in the ring. <laughs> no. You can't, you know, don't don't attempt to make it better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Y'all, I get it. I just I can't, man. He's my boy. And I'll hold and him that, all on my own. Yeah, and that's lovely. We love that. He's my yes. boy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did your love of fan fiction start with Supernatural or was it something that you had, you know, had had a love for with another fandom prior to that? Uh, when did all of like this writing and, and all of this stuff like start to start to happen for you? Um, my fan fiction introduction started relatively late because, again, none of my friends were doing it. It wasn't mm-hmm. apparently a thing in the circles I was moving in. Um, And so I really only picked it up, I think, shortly before I started watching Supernatural. And uh, and I somehow discovered, I think Harry Potter was maybe potentially the first fandom I started poking around, like on fanfiction.net, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, a a thing on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really dive into Supernatural uh, fanfiction until the episode Monster at the end of the book where they were like, oh, there's Sam girls and Dean girls and what's a slash friend? And I was like, what's... <laughs> and I explained it to me and I was like, oh, <laughs> this, this makes so much sense. Uh, and then I went looking for it and I found it. Um, and I was reading and lurking for a really long time. Mm-hmm. When I started writing, I, I, I think I wrote like only for myself for a year before I really started posting something somewhere. Because I think 
when I was like 12 or 13, I wanted to be a writer and I started writing like a fantasy novel, mm-hmm. which of course never really went anywhere. And I didn't really share it with anyone. And it just, you know, I forgot about it. I didn't forget about it, but it very much was on the back burner and I didn't, I don't know, I didn't have any kind of reference for becoming a writer or wanting to be a writer um, mm-hmm. and no one to really talk about these kind of creative things. So it just was very much in the background. And then when I discovered fan fiction, reading it, it was like, oh, there are all these stories that I find interesting and that I would like to write. And I mean, the internet and fandom space in particular offers you a lot of choices to very anonymously post work and like get your feedback and try things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the one of the earlier plat- one of the platforms I discovered in the beginning was of course Life Journal. Um, and then the supernatural kink meme, which is a uh, some people call it lovingly the dark underbelly of supernatural. <laughs> it's just really, I mean, it's the place where ABO was invented, and mm. it's you can find anything from very fluffy to extremely dark and twisted on there. Um, but it's all anonymous, so it was like a great place to like start writing things that sounded interesting to me and post them. And then you know there are always a couple of people around who like comment and be like oh I really enjoyed this and then you're like oh. and you know mm. it makes your it makes your heart all soft and fuzzy and that's yeah. how I eventually yeah when you say that there wasn't anyone around um like writing when you were younger I, I mean and I'm just I'm kind of doing a little projecting but I know um coming from parents who immigrated from Italy to America there was just this sense of you know you succeed or you have success if you do like a certain job or if you're like, or like work is like labor intensive or different things like that. So the creative aspect, I don't think was ever really nurtured a lot, you know, for me. So I may have like written, you know, some little things here and there and shared them with friends, but there was never the thought that at least when I was younger, you know, that writing would be anything I'd really want to pursue yeah. in great in great detail. Did that, was that sort of something similar for you growing up? I don't, honestly, I I think part of it was that, so I can't draw and I can't sing. Mm. So there was always this, oh, this joke, like, oh, she doesn't have an artistic side, right? And mm. that obviously extends to the creative process of writing as well. And it was just like this thing, this joke, oh, left-handed people are supposed to be so creative and you're like really going against the grain. And it was just like, Hmm. Neither my parents were really into this kind of thing. And I didn't know, like, none of my friends were into writing in some mm-hmm. capacity, I think. So there just really wasn't, it was just something that I did for myself for a while. But mm-hmm. I don't, it, that, that's not how my writing process really flourishes. Because as I've disco- discovered over the last, I don't know, 11 years, I really write better when I have sounding boards and when I can, like, bounce ideas. Um, and I just didn't have any of that. And then I just, I don't know, at some point you just hit puberty and then you have other things to think about. And you, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and you need to figure out what you want to do with your life. And so it just, you know, kind of forgot about it. Oh, you're left-handed? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm left-handed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> left-handed unite. <laughs> left-handed uh, people unite. I'm not left-handed. I'm right-handed. That's... Um. <laughs> Uh, No, I think that's, but I think that's also, yeah, just in terms of creative, I think sometimes, I think sometimes writing is just like not given the same, and I mean, I think that happens in 
fandom cultures as well. Like it's just sometimes not seen as being as valuable. Not of course within our, like we know how valuable it is, but like outside looking in, like the right writing in general, I think sometimes is not, you know, unless you're like top tier author, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. you're just, you know, it's just a pipe dream or like not even like thinking, you know, it, it's it's anything worth yeah, doing. Especially if you write like romance focused thing, then it's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, silly little writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, yeah. It's, it's, it's always that sort of, it, it's not real writing, which I, I just think is yeah. just bullshit. You know, it just, it, it, it just is writings, writings, writing. I think that, I think Becky said that. Sorry, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you off because I don't remember it. But no, no, I'm I'm totally with you guys. I don't like the whole, oh, just a silly little hobby. Like, mm-hmm. no, I've cried over this stuff. Anything yeah. I've cried over is serious. How did you get out of the little like bubble of keeping it all to yourself? What what kind of spurred you to, I guess, take the take the leap and maybe either reach out to somebody or try something that involved showing your stuff to other people. I'm sure I, I know that what's on AO3 is not like what you posted first. I'm assuming it's not like yeah, in chronological <laughs> order or anything like that. Was it around the same time, like 2013, from what I saw on AO3, or were you posting like yeah. a little bit earlier on Live Journal? Um, I was posting a little earlier on Live Journal because AO3 was really, I think that was the time when you were still waiting for like an invite for someone. Mm. Because- oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was so early and they were still, you know, working on so many things. Um, mm-hmm. It really was, it really was the anonym, the anonymity of the kink meme where I was posting it first. And then someone posted a prompt that I really liked, but like, I wanted to clarify about it. Mm-hmm. And so that person, um, Ali, she, she went by a LASIK back in the day and then later switched to Ali Cat. And so she came off and on and was like, so this is me. If you want to chat, just send me a message. And I was like, okay, I want to talk to this person. So I like made a live journal account and I started talking to her. And then obviously, I mean, my grammar and my spelling has become better than it was 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, it was kind of a mess. And as a non-native speaker, it's, you know, it's a little hard. And so I went like I also went looking for a beta reader and there used to be like on live journals, there were like communities where you could look for a beta. And so I made like a post and I met a couple of people. Um and so then, you know, when my stuff was beta read, I was like, oh, this looks so much better now. I should post this to an account. And then, you know, I made a live journal account and started posting the stuff there. And then I started talking to people. And um I think Allie was a really good starting point for me because she knew so many people in fandom and so through her I connected with a few other people and I mean it you know it takes some time to find like your people the people you like really click with and where you can right. like scream over the same things you enjoy doing the same kind of writing you enjoy and that eventually just led to like the circle becoming bigger I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. and and that's how that happened okay and then I think like maybe half a year later or something or a year later, I got like an AO3 invite and started posting stuff on AO3. Oh, cool. Just to, um, this is, this is not fanfic related, but I, um, I've been learning German casually. So yeah. as, as a native English speaker, I am appalled that you would, <laughs> that you would be like, my grandma wasn't the greatest because we only have one word for the. And you have about seven. <laughs> I so, know. I don't know how you could be like, this is difficult because, all right, English is a, like, it's like three languages in a trench coat and it, it beats up other languages for, you know, like 
grammar and stuff. But like, but, there's only one word for the, and you don't have to guess. Like, I mean, obviously you you probably like you grew up speaking it, you know. But I have to guess, and I don't like that. I'm just like, what? fucking no. Why is this feminine in this mask? I I didn't think German did that, and I was really upset when I found out that it did. Okay, so but here's the thing: German has very fixed rules for everything. So as soon as you learn which word is which gender, everything about the articles makes sense, right? You just have to learn. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and because English is a fucker in a trench coat that beats up everything. There are different rules for different things, and you and sometimes it's just like super weird. Like it's goose geese, but it's moose moose, and then you have to know <laughs> that moose is a Native American word, which is why it doesn't get the same plural as goose, which is like <laughs> a word. And it's like okay, sure, now I know this. And <laughs> the other thing is like I don't know if you guys ever thought about this, but there is an order. To which you do adjectives if you have several adjectives yes so yeah. it's like the big fat bear but not the fat big bear mm, and yeah. either you speak the language for a really long time and just learn the flow of it or you have to like me- to memorize the order of it and the, the rules are so random and like the rules for prepositions are the worst because there aren't any <laughs> which word goes for which proposition it's like is this a two is this i don't know nothing makes sense Aww. so i think english is like easy to learn at a basic level that allows you to communicate fairly well mm, but i find yeah. it really hard to master yeah. And I think in German it's different because once you have all the basic building blocks, you can already, you know, construct sentences at a more advanced and or correct level. And I think that's harder for English, which makes English a really great lingua franca to communicate for everyone in because you can all learn the basics and you will understand each other. But if you want to write like correct and pretty prose, it's really hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll I'll give you that one, but I would like to just counter with the fact that there is one word for morning and tomorrow, and the only difference is a capital letter, and I just learned that, and I'm still mad about it. (laughs) Okay, but if someone says, like, I don't know, deer, how do I know whether that's a term of endearment or an animal? Mm. Context. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get it, though. I get it. I just... Like I I I thought that German wasn't one of the masculine and feminine languages, and I've always liked oh. it because it's quite like I th- I thought when I started I was like it's like an angry language I'm gonna like this, and then as you as you as you get into it you're like oh no it's not it's not really that that angry it's it, you know it's it's quite nice, but I didn't think that it was like one of those the chair is female and the door is male and then it was and I was like the fuck is this but I got past that got past that I've learned about five of the different thes and i can reasonably use them and then it was like i i knew how to say good morning and i knew what morning was and then it was like tomorrow morgan and i was like what it's the same fucking word you can't just change the capitalization and be like no it's a whole different word that upset me i'm still upset about that actually we can and also i need to point out that door is actually feminine (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what door is in german i just made him up it's tear Okay. All right. All right. Dogs are masculine and cats are feminine. That feels sexist. <laughs> and I know I'm right about that one because that's one of the first things that Duolingo teaches you. That's no, it's not. True. It's not. The first thing it teaches you is like um, how to order like in, in a cafe. So how to learn to sell like, coffee um, and tea and milk and thank you. things. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's what you need. You know, like I yeah. would have thought, where is the bathroom? Would have been oh, one yeah. of the first things that you would learn. 
or <laughs> I'm lost, please help. But no, <laughs> order a cup of coffee. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm still mad about your dual word usage. So. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's your fault. I don't blame you for the German language. It's fine. Yeah, nothing I can say about that. Carly does <laughs> this. Carly does this to me all the time. <laughs> it's like something that you are responsible for the entirety of the USA. <laughs> it's all oh, you. Oh, God. No, I just I thought it was interesting to hear how like learning English from a non-native speaker, and then I'm like, oh, I speak a tiny little bit of your language. We can converse on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Ash, I could say from reading your stuff, I would never know that you, that yeah, English fully. was not your, you know, your native language. I can just say that from, from reading, reading your things. I, I would have never gotten that, you know, oh, you know, so I, I mean, I'm sure it's something you've crafted and, and worked on. And so that's, that says a ton about your, your dedication, I think, to the writing process in yeah. general. I mean, I mean, it helped that I did part of my education in the U.S. Um, mm, and it helps that still, I have really yeah. great beta readers who fix mm-hmm. everything. Like, I rarely post anything without anyone else looking over it because mm-hmm. I still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. No, it's it's mm. but it's it's really great. I did want to ask you because I, I, I was noticing in your list of works that something had been translated into Chinese. One of your stories is yeah. that is that right? Is that something that because I saw you were listed, so I didn't know if it was like uh, just a translated work or or how that happens on AO3 or if that's somebody that you know you became friends with and worked on even just the translation of it so that it kind of translated oh, in a way that yeah, made sense. No. Um, yeah, no, the person just approached me and said they would really like to do a translation of that specific story, and usually. I know that opinions on translating fanfic are very split in fandom, and I am generally in the camp. I'm not a fan of having my works translated mm-hmm. Um, mm. for several reasons, but I do understand um, people who say, like, yes, translate all of it, and then it gets translated into other languages, and that's great. But for, in that specific instance, I was approached, and they made a very convincing argument. <laughs> and I was, of course, very flattered, and I was like, yeah. You may translate this. Um, And so they just posted it on AO3 and listed me as the co-author. Okay. So people go find the original fic and come back to me if they want. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. No, I I just, I saw that. I was like, oh, I need to ask that question. Because I was like, I saw that you were listed. I was like, what was the process for that? (laughs) There was was no process. I I speak no no Chinese at all. Uh, Mandarin. I speak no Mandarin at all. Okay. So they just did that. That's all. When I was looking through through your work, and Carly and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, there's there's definitely a lot of J two um, more than there is like Sam and Dean, so a lot of RPF. What makes you choose J two over Sam and Dean for any particular idea? Like, is it just if you're involved in a like if you're involved in kink meme or if you're doing masquerade fills? Is it literally just going by? what the person suggests or when you're writing something and it's just yours, do you tend to use Jay Jensen and Jared more than Sam and Dean? And if so, why? Um, Yes. So I think almost all of my Sam and Dean stuff came out of prompts. Okay. Um, And so the reason why I usually write J2 is because I find it very hard to write Sam and Dean because I prefer stories that are like 
in universe, like they don't have to be canon compliant, but like canon adjacent. And so I appreciate stories where Sam and Dean are very much in character because I do love these characters. And I find it very hard to get it right. So I don't consider myself a very good Sam and Dean writer. And in the beginning, I didn't write it at all because I felt no confidence that I could do it. And I still don't think like my, I, I still think my other stories are generally probably better than my Sam and Dean stuff, but I enjoy writing it. And I've, you know, at some point you like, I think you hit a point where you're like, oh yeah, this is not the greatest story in the world, but it's fun and it's fine. And someone out, uh, out there will enjoy it. And so I will post it and I enjoyed writing it. Um, and so this is why I write a little more um, Sam and Dean now, but I think with J2, there's just so much more freedom like I really, I mean, you said you saw on my list, right? There's mm-hmm. there's dinosaurs and there's space and there's dragons, yeah. and that doesn't really work in the supernatural universe. And right. Of course, you can write an AU, and I know lots of people do that. But for me, the appeal of Sam and Dean is really the very specific supernatural universe and the way their characters are forged in that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have I have no desire to read a story. Where Sam and Dean are like, I don't know, dragon riders. But I like reading stories about dragon riders and I like writing it. And so I think J2 just gives you all the possibilities. And of course, sometimes you are like, oh, this is like an aspect of like Jared or Jensen's con persona that you can use for a fix. So like Jared is a ball of sunshine and Jensen is like grumpy in the mornings and needs mm-hmm. his coffee. And then you have like these fun little bits that you get from like interviews and conventions that are sort of like their public persona. And you can use that sort of thing. There's just a lot of freedom to do what I want. Yeah. Um, and yeah. You know, a lot of tropes to explore. And um, and so I really, I really enjoy that. Um, and so I think that's the reason why in the beginning, especially I only wrote RPF and only later came back because I really like reading it and mm-hmm. I always have but it's it's a very intimidating thing to write so I just gotcha. don't know. gotcha yeah gotcha yeah no that mm-hmm. makes sense that makes sense I I'm always very interested in how very different people approach writing too and like what what drives them you know to write a certain thing and what interests them and I think that's a just a great indication or an example of fandom writing you know like in general like why people like to do certain things or read certain stuff. Did you have a lot of, cause I was looking at again, the list, are there, do you, do you take inspiration from certain media or books or a film or TV, or is it just like whatever, like, cause I mean, I was getting uh, one for the books, which I want to talk about your, I, I was getting sort of like firefly. Cause I'd only, I'd watch that show. Yeah, like maybe yeah. like, so I, I kind of got that sort of like space vibe, space cowboy kind of feel sort of thing. Um, from that. So I didn't know if a lot of it was like, you know, you, you, you get some inspiration from a TV show you're watching or film or books. Like, is it just all of that, like mishmash together? And you're like, oh, what if this, or what if that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love Firefly. For all its faults. <laughs> okay. it it's a Western in space, which is yeah. my favorite genres mashed together. Yeah. I um, totally saw that when I was reading. I'm like, oh, this is like an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like that. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely. And I had, I had like a phase where I was watching like a lot of leverage and a lot of white collar. 
um, and a lot of burn notice, which is really where the underneath verse basically came from. That's a mishmash of all of the things that I enjoy in these three things. And sometimes I read like a book and then it's sort of like based on or inspired by parts of the plot that I then adapt. And that's fun. Um, a lot of the time I write for random prompts and then it just happens. And sometimes, I mean, Jurassic Park is obviously a huge inspiration in my writing. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I just love dinosaurs a lot. Uh, um, yeah. And, What's your favorite uh, dinosaur, though? What's your favorite? It's so hard. Um, <laughs> so hard. I think my favorite is like a Deinonychus, which is basically what the Velociraptor looks like in Jurassic Park. That is not a Velociraptor because they're it's much smaller. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, they based it on either, I think, maybe possibly a Utah Raptor or a Dinonychus, you know, yeah, uh, that could be. So um, I am I am very fond of that. But there's like a ton of them I really like. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, I just don't think, I don't think adults ask other adults what their favorite dinosaur is enough. Right, and they should. What is your favorite yeah. dinosaur, Carly? It's it's a, it's a diplodocus, diplodocus, however you, you choose to pronounce uh, yeah. it. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're just like, they're like chunky and beefy. And I, I will say that the BBC TV show Walking with Dinosaurs inspired that because they have the cutest story. Like she's, yeah, they have like a really cute face and like the round mouth. Yeah. And their tail, like the bullwhip tail, that is really Yes. Good. And then like in the, in the, in the TV show, you follow like this one little female from like, from being laid in the forest and then she hatches and she like they live in the forest for a little while. and I know it's fictional but like they live in the forest for a little while while they're little and they're predators in the forest and then there's a forest fire and they have to escape and go out onto the plate and I just yeah I, I love that. oh my god have you seen the new apple plus show with the dinosaurs prehistoric planet yet I have not no oh my god it's amazing it's the best dinosaur show they have ever made it's basically a David Attenborough style documentary about yes. dinosaurs Yes. David Attenborough is narrating it, oh. and it's so good. The only sad thing, it's only late Cretaceous, so there's, you know, only late Cretaceous. But it's really great, and the animation is as good as in any Hollywood movie. Oh, my God, I'm going to go find that now. Yeah. What, what's, your, what's, what's your favorite, Sandra? Um, Do you have a I, favorite dinosaur? I, I did. I Brontosaurus, when it was still called Brontosaurus, and I think then it was Apatosaurus. I don't know if they've changed it now, but I remember he was my the big with lumbering the dude with the long neck. He was he was always my favorite growing up. He's one of the reasons why I still want to believe that Loch Ness is a thing. Because <laughs> I want to believe <laughs> that there's a dinosaur still, uh, you know, swimming around or whatever in yeah. in the loch yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, I um yeah, Brontosaurus, I think. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's a good one because that that's 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 probably one of the the dinosaurs that comes out of Jurassic Park, the first movie, the best. Mm. Yeah. Well, Should yeah, be because they didn't really have to do. Yeah, it, it it was really not. I think a lot. I mean, it was a lot, but they were able to do CG, but then also you know animatronics and stuff to kind of make it all blend together. I think and and work. Yeah. 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 And they made they made they made it look like a puppy. <laughs> I'm in for that. We've all been sneezed on by a dog or a cat, and it's you know, yeah, I like that. Oh. Although um, the one in Jurassic Park is a brontosaurus. Okay, so that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Was it brontosaurus, brachiosaurus, Bron or brontosaurus apatosaurus? What's the 
So the Brachiosaurus is the one with like the really domed head where mm-hmm. the where the neck goes very high and mm-hmm. the Apatosaurus has like a flatter head. Okay. Okay. And I think they've come around maybe potentially that there's a a different species now that they're calling Brontosaurus. Okay. So now they do both exist, but there was in the beginning the whole thing where they have like a body and a head and they call it one Apatosaurus and the other one Brontosaurus and then realize it's the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but putting bones together with only bones is difficult. We'll we'll let them it off is. on that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, let, we'll let them off. We'll let oh. them off. Oh, adults should ask other adults about dinosaurs. About yeah, them. absolutely. I wanted to ask a little bit more about the community and like the the group that you sort of, I believe, still you you guys bounce ideas off of quite a bit. Still, are, are yeah. you still are you still doing a lot of? I mean, I, I know, of course, you know, you're, you're heavily involved in Masquerade and stuff. Are there other, like, are you still doing Big Bangs occasionally? Or are you still doing um, a lot of other challenges or memes or different things like that? Um, so for me personally, um, it, doing other challenges has really, I'm not doing a lot of them anymore just because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did Masquerade and I did Spring Fling earlier in the year. And usually I do Xmas, but it's not happening this year, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing smaller challenges where you only have to write a couple of thousand words. Okay. Um, I haven't big I haven't done Big Bang in years. And one of the main reasons I think is that I have this long ongoing story of the underneath verse, and I really want to finish that. And just that takes a lot of writing energy and writing time. Mm-hmm. that I usually have um, for other projects. And so I really want to finish it now. So I'm focused very much on that. So I don't have the time or the space to write another Big Bang, which is kind of sad because I really enjoy doing Big Bangs. I like, you know, getting matched up with an artist and create something together. And that's always really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just not enough time uh, in the last couple of years to do that. So that's like, yeah. Yeah. And the group yeah. that you kind of bounce ideas off of, do you still, do you still just get together and chat and yeah. kind of like talk about writing and stuff like that? Yeah. We have like regular Zoom meetings and I mean, it, we write on and off. <laughs> and it's, you know, we all have jobs and so yeah. work sometimes and real life just gets in the way. But we had two people from like our friend group that we're doing big bangs this year, um, Zoom Mashamali and Kelly um, and so we did like a mini round table where they gave us their drafts. We read them and gave in the past when there were like four or five of us, we had like big get togethers and everybody was reading everybody's draft and it was like a whole thing. But again, time, real life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, very sad. Yeah. Real life yeah. keeps getting in the way. Rude. Yeah. I wanted to ask a little bit more too about one of your big bangs in particular that I really, really liked. I started reading it last night. And it was a, it was, that was a bad idea. It was like 2 a.m. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm really not going to be able to give this all the attention it deserves. But once I started reading the the plot, the premise of it, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was one for the books. So oh, thank you. When, now that I have actually, also read this, by the way. Yes. And, and that, that came about from, was that, was that basically like a prompt first that started like the, the massage yeah. situation yeah. and then okay could you talk about how that sort of morphed into this because we of course do understand how a plot bunny will then turn into this gigantic thing after you know one little idea but yeah how did, how did that come yes. about <laughs> i think that was years ago like on tumblr there was like a post that went around with like the i think it was like the 51st dates 
mm. prompts, inspiration, and it was just a list of like 50 scenarios that could like, you know, become a first date. And so um, uh -huh. I think for inspiration, I just asked people to send me like which prompts on Tumblr they wanted to have. And one of them was like massage. And I was like, oh, massage, that's, that's a little boring. <laughs> 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 just a massage. spice that up yeah right? let's spice it up and put it in space <laughs> everything's better in space though right space makes everything better <laughs> and um i don't even know how i came up with like this vague rebel idea but it was like oh what if this massage kind of is like a, a really um spiritual or you know transcendent experience and i think that was already at the time where like writing about different cultures was like a thing because I had just moved and so whenever you move to a new country and everything's different um and so I think that's one of the things that's a lot in my work because that's you know one of the things that I deal with a lot and so I just had this very vague idea that Jensen would be some kind of like you know rebel on the run or maybe criminal on the run and when you write like a really short thing you don't have to flesh it out so it was just from Jared's point of view and it was just him being this ambassador on a foreign planet. And so I had a lot of fun coming up with what this foreign planet would look like. And then I had, you know, like just barging in and pretending to be this massage person uh, to avoid capture. And then in the end, he had to like run away um, because he's a criminal slash rebel leader. And I had like a very vague idea for it, but that never went anywhere because I didn't really have time to write it. Mm -hmm. But it was one of the things that never really left me. And I think. Six years later, I turned it into a big bang. Mm. Um, and I started thinking a little bit more about what I wanted it to be like. And I think I had a fairly good idea from the beginning what how the planets would look like. So I think it was very much inspired by like the deserty kind of wastelands of like uh, most of the Firefly planets and like a little, you know that mm -hmm. kind of visuals and you have sort of like the broken down resistance who don't have a great lot of, of tech stuff, but they're like hidden. Um, and I think the the thing that gave me probably the most trouble was figuring out how Jared ends up with them. And that was mm -hmm. like the most complicated thing. And then I just thought it would be like a nice juxtaposition to explore Jared being a bookworm and a scholar and what that's like for him to end up with these very practical and hands-on rebels. And that's where that went. So how does the, because I mean, I know what it's like just to do a little bit of like research and like pulling all of the different things together and make sure you've got all of these planets and who's, who's upset with who and all these different, like, like how do you have like a master doc, like, you know, that has all of this information that you can go back to, or how does that work for you? Like where you can keep it all together and not feel like you're going bonkers when you're writing and constantly have to go back and forth or do you just have to go back and forth a lot yeah no for that one I did have a master doc um okay. I created the world and then halfway through writing I was realizing that I was messing things up and I was like oh <laughs> I said this planet was that and that planet was that but oh no I messed it up and so I I created a master doc and then I basically wrote down all my information and I think it was like a star system with like three planets, like 13 planets. And I had like, you know, decided what three planets were already going to be like because it just happened organically in the story. But then I sat in, um, I sat down and I really thought about what these other planets would look like so that I would know moving forward 
sort of like to to keep the universe straight, basically. Um, yeah. And so for the longer and more complex stories, I definitely have master docs to keep to keep it straight. If I write like a short thing, then usually it's not necessary. But if I don't do it for the long stuff, sooner or later it come come back to bite me in the butt. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, I fully get that. Yeah. But it it was, I, I mean, like the politics and managing all of that. It was just, but it but it made so much sense, and it was easy to understand you know reading it like you you understood the conflict pretty easily like you know because again you can you when you when you can base it off of what's happening real world then it makes it a lot easier too but it was just so i i really enjoyed yeah how very fish out of water jared was too like you know in in that world with jensen but then the immediate like especially for jensen's character like how little bits of him and how Jared affected him, he was kind of letting stuff show little by little. I think one of my favorite lines of his is, you really are going to be the death of me, aren't you? Or something like that. I just, I kind of mm-hmm. like, I, I love that he was just smug, but then also could say a lot and then just get Jared to be like, huh, what does that mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and then like all of this, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And then your ability to just like pop in different characters in different roles that just kind of made sense. So you didn't really have to do a lot of like, oh, well, why would they be doing that? Of course they'd be doing that. Like, I love that Rowena was like the the doctor, the nurse, the one that fixed everybody up and stuff like that. And had like her little, her little bit. And then you even stuck in Stephen, I'm assuming it's Stephen Williams, right? As the cook, because, yeah. okay. Cause I was just like, that was so great. I loved that. I do love casting um, the rest of the supernatural universe in roles that make sense for them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, super obvious and sometimes I'm like I need this character and then I will crowdsource it and I will go like in the group chat and be like I need to cast this person which actor should I cast for this mm. um, so I like to make sure that it that it fits because I think from watching the show people already have ideas about what this person or this character is like mm-hmm. and so it's like really easy shorthand in fan fiction to mm-hmm. like make sure that you like cast the roles correctly right because expectations mm. about this character line up with what they're doing and it helps you like craft this character better I think. Mm-hmm. and you have a lot of characters from other and i'm sorry i'm just i don't know enough about chad michael murray what's his <laughs> deal like with with like is he's he, the I, kooky friend in everything isn't he <laughs> is he okay he, he was with jared in he was I Gilmore girls. I remember that, but I didn't realize that they, so they have a, they have a, or had still have like, they're, they were pretty close friends, I guess, in, in real life. Is that, is that like a, I, I honestly, I don't know. Oh, I think the they were buddy. Yeah, they were <laughs> friends. But, and the thing is that Chad, Michael Murray, he was kind of a disaster. Like when I got first <laughs> fandom, he got a lot of bad press. Okay. Um, because he was like divorcing his wife and then, mm up with a younger woman I, I don't even know if they're married okay. but he like didn't have a great reputation and so it just made sense somehow <laughs> to cast him and I think when I got into fandom everybody was casting chat as just like the wild cookie, okay. dumb crass friend and it's just you know it's one of those fanfic convictions you just like a little trope that just happens when you see Chad yeah. Michael Murray this is what you expect he's he's the best friend to okay. Jensen's Chris Kane. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 
And it's it's just, again, a great shorthand because people who read a lot of J2, when Chad shows up, they know like disaster income. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I, because I even like, I, I liked, like Daniil was in there. Felicia was in there. You, you threw every yeah. single redhead possible, like was in the, yes. was in the mix there. I loved that. But no, I love like the, um yeah, just the world building was so, was so great. It just, it seems so daunting. I mean, do you have any, do you have any tips for somebody who might be considering doing some sort of world building to and make maybe it he's more, ready to cry with the pressure yeah, to make it more <laughs> manageable um, so that you don't feel like, yeah, the weight of this is just going to like make you not want to, because how long did that, okay, I'm throwing so many questions at you, forgive me, yeah. but yeah, tips, but then how long um, did that story take you like oh, to actually do? Okay. Well, so I can't really put a time on it because I started writing parts of it early after I did the prompt thing and then just didn't go anywhere. And so I left it. Mm-hmm. And so I just had a, a, a couple of scenes, like snippets that I kept going back to. And then when I decided to do the Big Bang, I went back to it and was like, okay, I'm going to now sit down with this and have an idea. And so maybe the writing for this was like three or four months, like the actual writing period before the Big Bang. Okay. Because usually I'm a person driven by deadlines. So I write more when I have a hard deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And as for the world building, um, I think it's important that the world itself makes sense. So mm-hmm. even if some aspects of the world don't show up in your fic, you should still know about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you should have like a a general idea and I mean depending on what story you write it's I think it's a good idea to have like the cornerstone so like where are we what kind of planet or what kind of land is this taking place and think a little bit about like the nature is this like a hot place or a cold place and this can also give you help to write a story right if you want someone to get maybe stuck uh, in a place where they can leave like make up a country that has snowstorms or like monsoons or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you should have, I think, a general idea about what kind of political system there mm-hmm. should be, right? Is this a democracy? Is this, you know, do you have a dictator? Do you have a king? Like, yeah. um, what kind of stuff is going on here? And then I think just a general idea about any kind of religious leanings, potentially or not, and what that says about that, because most cultures have some sort of religious heritage or religion going on. So that's, I think, one of the cornerstones of like world building. And then just think about it a little bit about culture and food. And what I find makes a world come alive if there are differences to what we generally experience. And if you can make that clear, I think that helps people go to a different place Mm. Um, and I mean I don't know how how well this actually works what I like to do is in universe swearing so uh, (laughs) it's it's really hard because I love to use like Jesus Christ as a swear but you can't really use Jesus Christ in like a a space swearing setting Mm -hmm. unless you're like we have a strong connection to earth and all of that so I like to like model the language and make sure that I don't use terminology that's very like our culture specific mm-hmm. and like settings mm-hmm. where that wouldn't work. That I think are things. Okay. And then you don't, I mean, you don't have to be super specific about what you actually put in there, mm-hmm. but I think you have a better understanding 
of what you want it to be, then it's easier to write in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the iceberg sort of like situation where, you know, yeah. like maybe like 20% yeah. or 10%, but then, you know, Absolutely. there's a lot of stuff underneath that maybe you just pull from when necessary, but you know, yeah. it's there and you've got it sort of yeah. like for reference and okay, maybe you add a little bit more here and there, but yeah, I did like the, um, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of like slang and like, you know, different, different terminology. I just, I just loved how like. I don't know, like Jared and Jensen in that were just, it was so sweet. And like, they just did, they did nice things to each other, even though they were like, you know, he was trying so hard, you know, Jensen, especially I think to take care of him. Right. And like, do do the things he was supposed to do, but yet still follow what he needed to do. So it was just, it was just so very, it, it was easy. Like you said, to see both of those characters in, in those roles. And I like seeing Jared clumsy, like, I, cause I mean, I, I think, I think he just kind of like is in general cause he's just like this big, big dude. And, you know, he doesn't kind of like, he's trying to fit into all these different spaces anyway, yeah. but it's nice when writers lean into the, into those things that are just right there, you know, and like, okay, here's, here's what we've got to work with. And we can use that with this character in this universe and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I really did again, it was, I was picking out different scenes and kind of like, cause again, it was like two hours in the, this morning. I was like, okay, I've got to come back to this. But <laughs> as I was reading certain scenes and sections, it was just, I was getting the vibe right away. So you definitely, you definitely hit it, you know, oh, right away, like for, for that. So yes, good, 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 good job. Yeah, it is. I, I love that one. One of my favorite things about that is the little, it's just like, it's not even like a subplot. It's just like a teeny tiny little mystery of what is a holly? Yeah, I love Jensen that. Jensen keeps calling Jared like fucking holly eyes. And I was like, I've gone back to that so many times because when he actually tells the story of yeah. why he calls Jared that. And I'm the like, minds and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it. so sweet. Like he could, he wouldn't be able to say no to him. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. <laughs> Dobbs. Fully Dobbs. Yeah, and honestly, this is one of those things that actually came out of the world building because um, in the beginning, when he says it the first time, the first draft, it says like puppy dog eyes. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. what if there are no dogs? And so yeah, I don't just, have dogs on this planet. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so I just, okay, I need like a fake name for like a fake animal that I'm inventing for this. And so I kept going with this. And then because I kept using it and because Jared didn't know and didn't understand, I was like, I should have a backstory for that. And yeah. so the backstory for this actually came out of the world building I did in the beginning without really having a thought in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought it worked out really well. So lesson from this, if you do good, solid world building in the beginning, it will actually give you problems. Yeah, no, that's very true. If you've, if you've got something in the back of your head that makes sense for the character, like, you know, what what's motivating them or like what what happened to them and like not necessarily has to come out, but then using it later. I I love that. I thought that was just so, because literally I was doing find. I was doing find on my keyboard. I'm like, okay, we've got to figure out what this Holly thing is. Like, <laughs> what is it? And then I got to that part. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I'm like, this is so, it was such a good payoff, I think for that. You know, and a lot of times yeah. you get references to things and you don't hear about it again, or it's not really like talked about and not, you know, not fleshed out. And I think it got fleshed out at like, a really good moment in the story too. So it's like, and again, it was like this building, I think of trust too, and like just giving more of yourself in conversation mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was, it was, yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy it. I love that. As soon as I started like, wait, what is that? Because Chad calls his eyes something else. It's not 
puppy dog. I feel like there was a mention of it and I can't remember now, but definitely gives him like that. He uses that, those eyes or that look, you know, for that purpose. And then he kind of like was once, and I like that once he knew it was a thing, he used it <laughs> more mm-hmm. like on Judson, like, you know, to make sure that he could get what he needed to get out of certain situations. No, it was really, it was really good. I, I really did like that. Really did like Thank it a you. Lot. This is making my heart all soft and warm and fuzzy. That's Yay! what's supposed to happen with, with fanfic <laughs> writing. Yes. You, you do a very good job of it. I, I've been asking a ton of questions, Carly. Do you do you have anything do you want to jump in with right now? No, I don't I don't think so. Okay. Um but, no, unless you unless you want me to bring some of some of my favorites. Well, I was gonna ask I, do that. I have tabs I, I, open. <laughs> I, I I could do one more and then I'll do one more question and then we can jump into it. But are there because we know you like to use J2 for specific situations. Are there any like tropes that you've noticed you kind of gravitate towards in your writing? Or does it really just depend again, like on the situation that you're putting them in? Or do you like to do like a friends to lovers or enemies to lovers? Or like, do you, have you noticed anything like that in, in your writing that you, that you seem to like, or maybe don't like you like stay away from altogether? Um, yeah, I think I'm like Dean a little bit. I'll try anything once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and not all of it sees the light of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's some unclaimed masquerade snippets still sitting in anonymity that um, I've just never put anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think generally I'm drawn if I write longer fix I definitely don't write established relationships because I like getting them together mm-hmm. um, and I think what I did a lot in the last couple of years which I only figured out a while ago but I write a lot about cultural differences so mm-hmm. like um, one for the book is like different planets different backgrounds and then I wrote like another longer Big Bang, Breaking the Ice, where they're from different countries and it's like arranged marriage mm. and they have to find common ground. And so those are, and sometimes if I write like ABO or fantasy stuff is like different backgrounds. And I think because I've lived in different countries in the last couple of years where I had to get acclimated and you know, overcome like the small cultural shock you get anytime you go to a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that just found its way into its writing. I generally like to write things that are, have like lighthearted moments because I I like to write dialogue and I write to like banter and that's all fun. And sometimes I like to write dark things too. I think it's mostly a lot of times, especially if I do prompt fills, it's just like stretching my imagination and see where I could go. Mm-hmm. which is really where the whole dinosaur thing started because, mm. you know, although I will say when I started doing the dino, like my first dinosaur fic, there was like, like a, a trend in fandom to write like J2 is cutesy animal fic. There's like a, the really cool, the spots first by Mios Venator who wrote like Jensen as a hamster and Jared as a squirrel. Which is really, <laughs> which is really cute. <laughs> can only recommend that. Okay. And, um, there's like one thick where there are snails, which sounds weird, but is really good somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and so there, it was like a thing that was happening like 10 years ago. And I just, I just never got over it because I really like it. Okay. Um, so I, I, I keep enjoying that. Um, but yeah, and sometimes it's just like, you write silly things. I'm like, can I make this work? Can I, can I do something with a scenario? I mean, there are things that I will never write because I just personally don't enjoy them. Uh, so I will never write an infidelity fic. It's just mm-hmm. not my thing. Mm-hmm. I know other people really enjoy it. Um, so, you know, go ahead and do that. But that's, I think, one thing that I will never write. 
And there are certain tropes that I really like reading, but I don't write mm-hmm. them because I want to read them. Mm-hmm. Like I really love fake relationships and enemies to lovers is great. And I will do that. Um, I've tried to write fake relationship, but I just give up because I want to read it. <laughs> yeah, do you, that's fair. That's do you feel fair. like your darker stuff tends to be more if it's Sam and Dean? If you're, if you'd like, do you feel like it kind of leans a little darker that way? Or have you had other instances too, where it, it can get pretty dark and it's, it's J2? No, I've written pretty dark J2. I have like a double murder or like a murder suicide fake with like double major character death at the end. That was, okay. that's pretty grim. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've written one that's like a longer ABO that doesn't really have a happy end. It's just very depressing. Throughout. Mm-hmm. Um. But generally, and I've written like other dark stuff for Masquerade <laughs> that right. also has never made it to the Ashtray right. account. So yeah. I do play around with it occasionally, but usually I want my fic to be happy making because fandom for me is my happy place and I use it to make myself happy. So even when I write about darker stuff, there's usually a happy end. So I've written stories where Jensen is a serial killer, but like he and Jared are still in love. Because mm-hmm. even my serial killers deserve a happy ending, even though it goes around <laughs> killing people. But, you know. <laughs> so the ABO stuff, do you feel, again, that's kind of like leans towards more like culture, society, and like the yeah. the, the, the animal twist to it too? Like, you know, like the animal instincts and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of it is just, you know, uh, shallow smut because yeah. why not? Because why not? Um, but that- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But some of the longer stuff, I think generally, uh, ABO is a nice way to talk about, you know, society and what's wrong with it and equality in all and discrimination in all sorts of forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's, for me, I think because it's made up, it's further away from our real world, right? I'm not directly writing about what's wrong in our world. I'm sort of, I get to transfer it into this made up kind of universe. And I think for me, that makes it easier in a way to deal with it absolutely um but sometimes it's also just you know because it's fun yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let i'm gonna let carly lean into some of some of their favorites and and shower some more praise (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's it's you know we uh, honestly we don't give we 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 don't give false praise. Um, no. So I've I've read like a whole bunch of your stuff, and then it's it was only afterwards that I've been like, oh, that's who it is. That's why I freaked out when you came <laughs> on the podcast last time. When I was like, oh my god, slug meaning hero. Jeez, I've read so much of oh your stuff. <laughs> but, I just um, had a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just there's just a couple that I um I want to sort of like call attention to as really standing out to me. Um, so obviously one for the books. I I also I love that. I go back to it like more than I would like to admit that I go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went I went looking for some uh like sort of supernatural ones, not real person fiction ones. So I really love true nature. I just read it again, like <laughs> might have been yesterday. I love cats. I don't know if you can tell. There are three of them in this room right now. Um you obviously <laughs> wouldn't know amazing. that. <laughs> but um I I do I do own three of them. And so I love cat. So I was like, Cat Jensen or Cat Dean? Yes, please. Thank you. And I it was so cute and funny. And I just I really liked that. And the tail and everything. And it was that was great. It was great. And it was like 
I like the fact that you kind of gone and and a barbed dick, you know, just 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 tossing it out there like it wasn't even, you know, just like of course and also this. Huge it fun was, of that. It was part of the prompt. It had to be in there. <laughs> it's oh yeah, no, the the prompts, the prompts is in the is in the notes. Yeah. No, yeah. I just it was cute. I really liked it. Cause I've read I've read a few fics where Dean gets turned into like an actual real cat. And very recently where he gets turned into a puppy. Um no. You should you should read that. We'll link you to it. It's great. Yeah. Don't you say a goddamn word, Sandra. <laughs> he's turned into a little beagle puppy. He's a little Aww. and he's on tile floors and he can't <laughs> he's like Bambi on ice on tile floors. It's the greatest fucking thing. It's it's fabulous. We'll link you. It's amazing. <laughs> but the you know, like the idea that just like ears and a tail, and I just fully love that. So that was I try I try and bring like one Winces and then one like het. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just to just to be fair. So that was that was my Winzest. And then the het one, which Sandra said that you'd recommended to her as well, Heartblood. Mm-hmm. Now I ship well, no, I ship Sam with me first and then with Dean. <laughs> but if I have to ship him with a female, if I have to, it's Rowena. It's I I fully believe there was some student teacher banging behind the bookshelves going on, like fight me on this, that was happening. <laughs> so I got this and I was like. Oh, yes. And then there's like a bathtub full of blood. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, all of this. And yeah, then you get right was- to the end. And I like, I don't know what was in your head, but I was like, did Dean witness all of it? Or just the last, <laughs> just the last minute, you know? Was he watching in horror the whole time? Loved it. Fully I loved it. I think in my head, he only got like the last bit of it, but that's like really the pertinent part. So yeah. um <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can you can read it as much as if you want, to, but you don't have to. I think because it's Rowena's point of view, it's kind of left open mm-hmm. to interpretation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was also a masquerade mm-hmm. prompt, and I, you know, I've never written that before. But there was like a prompt. I was like, I should try something new, and it was probably the middle of the night, and I was like drunk on writing, which is usually what happens to masquerade. And I was like, yes, let's try that. <laughs> See how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just I, I love Sam and Rowena and I do. And Blood Kink is really inconvenient. Like it's there are a lot of kinks yeah. you can't take out into real life, but that's that's no. a big one that I'm like, this is so they'd be so messy, like there would be police involvement. But then you're like, have a bathtub full of blood. And I was like, fucking I will though. I will. Love it. Yeah, and I was and like, I was, oh my god. I, 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 when I got the prompt, I was like, I don't want them to kill someone to like bathe in the blood because you need to lot you need a lot of people to like fill a bathtub. And then I was like, Yeah, oh, she's a witch, so let's just have a very convenient blood replenishing potion, then I can have all the blood I want. So you know, yeah, yeah. And I this is is so prevalent in Sam Rowena fix, and I love it so much that she's this tiny little. Like Ruth is like a teeny tiny little woman, and she, but she's always the one in control. And I love it even more when it's Sam because it's such, you know, like it's such a dichotomy. And I'm like, oh fuck, I love it though. (laughs) All of this, yes. I am very glad you enjoy that. That was my first foray into that pairing, so I was a little anxious. But I think also when I came across that, I remembered a painting that Quick Reaver had done of Sam and Rowena um, that I really like. And so maybe that helped me along there a little bit. Yeah. No, I was. Well, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Did you end up reading Heartblood, Sandra? Or is it just... I did. No, I, I I read Heartblood and I read um, Branded Heart. 
which as yeah. you had suggested, which I think that might be actually like what I'll, what I'll read um, for okay. one of the ramble ons. I um, And you said that was one. You don't want to read a hat one? That was, well, I don't know. I, maybe I might do both. Who knows? We don't know. They're oh, not very okay. long, so I might do both. But um, for, for Branded Heart, that was, I think in the notes you said you hadn't really done written a Wincest in a while. And I liked that you kind of went all the way back with that. And I did really like, there's, there's a scene, like, first of all, I'm so like daft. I didn't even get like funky town, like until after I had to read it again. I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute. I'm like, okay, duh. He said funky town. There was like a little, there was a little hint. And then I was also, and I don't know if you were wanting people to, when they were reading it to wonder, like, is, is the assumption that too, that, when Sam realized Dean was there, then was he more careful with how he asked his questions about like, you know, does that person feel the same sort of situation? Like I was almost wondering if he was sort of like omitting or trying to be more careful once Dean was there. Was I, was I just reading into that or was that like one of your- no, okay. that was definitely my idea. Like Sam picks up that Dean is there, so he tries to distract her first, but he still wants to ask whether mm-hmm. Dean loves her back the same way, but he can't outright say it when Dean is there. Right. No, um, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. Yay. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, I really like that. I really like that one a lot too. Again, like it's just, it's this subtle writing is so, you, you can either like whack somebody over the head or just kind of let it come out in bits and pieces and being able to sort of know when to pull back on your writing to make it more just, I don't know, like the depth of it is just, even in that small story, it just felt so very big and important. And the, yeah, like the interaction and stuff was just really great in, in that, in that story too. And I could see young Sam, you know what I mean? Like, and picturing that. I know that's a great thing with fan fiction too, is you've already got these characters built in or baked in to a certain extent that then you play with. So it makes it easier for somebody to just jump into the story. But I really liked that, you know, again, when I went back, like once I saw the funky town part, I was like, okay, let me go read this part again. And like, I read it again and I was like, no, there's a shift in how he's Act, even how he was acting. Like it was almost like he was putting on a little bit more of an actor show, you know, like to hint or cue Dean in as to, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you can, you know, you can get ready to come in and like do your thing and and all that sort of stuff. So I really, I really liked that a lot. I I thought for a very simple story, there was a lot to it, a lot of layers in it that you could like find again when you read it again. So yeah, I really liked that one. That was a good one too. You're going to make me cry now. Um, They're all really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, sometimes you really just got to trust your reader mm-hmm. um, to figure out what's going on. And I think Sam, Sam has a care. I mean, Sam and Dean are both such smart cookies mm-hmm. um, that I really like to put that in their writing and like to show off how smart they are. Because I think like in the first few seasons of Supernatural, you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, the writers, you know, not always couldn't be bothered. They make so. them dumb. They make right. Dean dumb, especially. I get very upset with the last few seasons because I feel like Dean just becomes a dumb dumb, and sort yeah. of like the butt of the mm-hmm. not the butt of the joke, but I don't know. I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones, but I felt like they did that like with Tyrion. Like you know, he was this amazing character, and then 
they kind of just turned him into like the joke. And I was like, why are you doing that to this character? So I, it, it, yeah. it's upsetting that people who are in charge of a show don't respect the characters and care for them as yeah. much as fans do, I think, sometimes. Or yeah. they don't want to do the work because yeah. it's, it's harder to write something more complex and something mm-hmm. smarter. And so, yeah, Dean really becomes the grunt of the joke. And even Sam's smartness is, like, reduced to doing research. Yeah. Which is, like, fine, this is a skill he has, but Sam's but that's also not the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so if I if I try to attempt anything like in the vicinity of a case fix, which is what I usually don't. Mm-hmm. But for this one, I was like, no, Sam is a smart cookie and he would do smart things. And I kind of want to try to find a way for him to do that, because I think that's really important. for the case. Yeah. Yeah. No, good job. You yeah. did. You did. A great, I mean, I don't I don't need to tell you you're doing a good job because you've got all you've got all of these people that are telling you, too, that you you do you give a lot to the fandom. Um, and I think that's, that's really, that's really special. And I mean, like, I'm not necessarily like, I, I, you know, Carly and I know, and I think what kind of works great about Carly and I is we, we come together on certain things, but we also have our, like, we're like a Venn diagram of like fan fiction. So it's like, you know, we kind of like, I'm over here, they're over here, but then we have like this overlap of stuff, but then when it's good writing, it's good writing. And we want to, experience it and explore it. And it doesn't really matter, I think, what the pairing or what the ship is, because when you find a good writer, you get invested in their storytelling. Like I had read Amy's, um, the song Silence, you know, and that's a J2. And I hadn't, I really don't read J2, but now I'm like, you know what? These are good authors. And if I want to get immersed in a story um, and really great characters, I know where to go for that. So thank you for for giving us that. I think that's, I think that's great. That's great that you shared that, that you, you took the leap all those years ago and decided, (laughs) you know what, I'm going to give this a try because it's paying off in dividends to everybody who reads it. Yes. I think it's really great, which is really great. I mean, mean, it's not entirely selfless, right? I mean, (laughs) what things you get from like someone leaving comments or kudos on your fic. That's just hearing something like this. This is just, yeah, that's just very happy making. So. Well, everybody needs a little bit of happy, right? And I think that fandom, when it's when it's really good and it's hitting on all levels, I think that's what we get out of it. There's there's some sometimes dark dark spots of it, but if you can get past the dark spots and just deal with what the intent is, and if it all comes from a good place and it's love at the end for these characters, then I think that's great. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm so happy to get to do this too, and like to get a chance to talk to to authors like the authors like you and like, you know, so I, I do appreciate that you, that you're giving us, giving us some of your time today. Well, yeah, this is a lovely conversation. I feel so much better now about myself. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> good. Good. I'll just, I'll just put, I'll just put a little, a little cherry on top. So um, we put it out to, we have like a, a, a teeny tiny little discord server and we were like, Oh, we have, we have Ash, Ashray Thief coming on. Um, Anybody, you know, so I put it out like, I don't know, like a couple of hours ago, like last call, you know, questions, thoughts, well wishes, anything. So um, my friend, Anne Vader, Runaway Dreamer, if you've listened to any of the recent podcast episodes, she comes up like every episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, when you and Amy came on last time and I like, I like had to mute and be like, <gasps> you know, breathe into a brown paper bag for a couple of seconds. When we, were do- when we were done with that recording, I messaged her immediately and I was like, are you familiar with the AO3 author Ashtray Thief? And she was like, yes. And I was like, she was just on the fucking podcast. <laughs> and she like freaked out with me. Oh so was, we had like a little, a little fan model moment together. 
So I just checked our Discord and um, she has no has no questions. She can only offer you incoherent fangirling. She's also <laughs> an enormous fan. Aww, and she's like, you. I want to ask a question, but I can't think of anything. And I'm like, I don't know. Because um, she she was also behind my yelling at Amy. <laughs> she was like, why do, why do they all end with the black screen? And I was like, Amy, why do they all end with the black <laughs> fucking screen, though? Stop closing the door on the dicks. <laughs> So she has no questions for you. She just offers you love and incoherent fangirling. So you should feel thank you so much. I I I appreciate that, and uh, I am and I am an open book. You can always come ask me questions. Awesome. And I I will say before we started recording, Sandra was like, "Are you going to yell this time?" And I was like, "I have nothing (laughs) to yell about." I was like. Ash doesn't do that to me. Ash finishes her sex scenes. And she was like, oh, so you're happy. Every single time you're happy. And I was like, well, I can't think of a time I haven't been happy. So yeah. So there you go. You escaped being yelled at by virtue of finishing your sex scenes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I I don't like to leave my characters hanging, you know? Yeah, we're yeah, we're gonna no. we're gonna have a new scale for Carly. It's gonna be blue balls to completion, and where where do they fall in the middle of that for each author? So that's gonna be a new thing we're gonna probably do. Um, yeah, yeah, I think apparently my, I'm, I'm difficult <laughs> to please. Yes, I don't know where this idea could have come from, but apparently I'm difficult to please. I've 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 had I've had three want. years with this, Carly, <laughs> so I understand because I know I do that to you too. So like. Come on, Sandra, what? <laughs> Why are you doing this? You better finish this. So I understand. I understand. Um, I think one yeah, of my right. last questions, <laughs> yes, it is fair. <laughs> one of my last questions, Ash, for you is who are some of your favorite fanfic authors? I mean, is there somebody that kind of like brought you into the fandom? I know you, I think you mentioned Alley Cat, um, but are there are there a handful that you might say suggest to somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't doesn't dabble into J2 that much, but, you know, has that just as like a great writer and like, you know, would get somebody interested in it. I mean, obviously you already talked about N2 Amy um, Mm. and Amy is a great writer. uh, So dug in deep uh, is, or hot sauce, I think Mm -hmm. is her handle Um, for J2 specifically. They're not active anymore, but Clay Fink really um, wrote a lot of really ingenious AUs so their world building was really great are they on um, AO3 yes everything and how, how do you how do you spell it um c-l-e-f-i-n-k okay um and then uh I think Rifcat she didn't Rifcat wrote a lot of Winces but they also wrote some some J2 which okay. was it was always fun. Sherry Mort, uh, she writes more serious stuff mostly, um, but it's really good. Um, if you want dragon fix, uh, Zub Meshamali wrote like <laughs> four of them, <laughs> so that's great. Um, Kelly or Girl from Carolina, maybe probably A with B handle, um, also does great long fic. I think that was I think that was someone that Amy had suggested. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we're going to need to get a list. I can't remember all the names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm trying to J two. There are a couple of people who are not around anymore, but um, whose fic is still there. Still there, yeah. 
Yeah. So sometimes you have to go back a couple of years. Um, That's fine. That's what I mean. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for AO3 and especially like the option for people to like orphan their works and still keep things up there for other people to still want to experience. And just having yeah. that library of work from like, we're going into decades now, right? Like the second decade of, yeah. um, of AO3. It's, it's amazing how much stuff is on there that people can still find if you, if you want to dig around a little bit and not necessarily the most, the most recent, but I have so many authors that I just, I love that don't write anymore, but like, you know, they're, they're in my library, you know, of, of like, they're on yeah. my Kindle because they, their writing was just so special and you could just go back to and read again and again for their characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to go for my bookmarks, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, recently I've written, I've read a lot in other fandoms. So okay. No. Oh, I did want to ask you. So yeah, what are some of your other fandoms like right now that you because I I feel like I've been seeing something on your feeds. Is it the red, white, oh, yeah. royal blue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just cute and pretty. And mm -hmm. um, and it's one of those fandoms. It's been around since the book happened, but the movie really blew it up. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. so much new content being created. Yeah. And I think um, those characters lend themselves really well for like AUs that are fun. Mm -hmm. um, and and there are a couple of writers that I really enjoy. And um, the characters themselves have a lot of like banter back and forth. And I really like reading like short banter fix where it's just like very witty and I can't like, laugh about it um, mm -hmm. because it's good stuff. So that's definitely what I'm currently reading. Um <laughs> It's going to sound terrible, but I had like a phase where I was reading a lot of Teen Wolf. Um, okay. Not no judgment. I, not because I particularly enjoyed the show, because I didn't. But the characters, like Styles and Derek, uh, they have great chemistry and they make great fanfic material. Mm. So there's some like very great fanfic that came out in the Teen Wolf. Yeah. Um, that I really like. And, you know, I just have like a couple of like weird movies that people have written fanfic about that I really enjoy, like The Magnificent Seven, which I don't even know if anyone's seen it, but it was like a modern I Western. Love it. Oh my God, you do. It's amazing. Isn't like, it's not the best, but it's so good. So that's the remake from, is it usually about the remake? Yeah. That had, so I think it had, I think I watched part of it, but I don't think I got all the way through, through it, but it had, um, I think it has one of the actors that I really like. Does it have Ethan Hawke in it or am I imagining that? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I just really, I just really like Westerns and there aren't mm -hmm. a lot of like good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. yeah. And there's some good fanfic. Uh, I mean, obviously most of it is like, oh, they all live at the end. Maybe <laughs> 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 they don't. That's mm -hmm. not fanfic. <laughs> oh gosh. Everybody lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the nice thing too, though, about fanfic. Sometimes you can change, you could change things up and make it the way that you want. So that's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. We can make everybody live and nobody's sad. <laughs> and we like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like so, Ash, before we let you go, again, I know you've given us a lot of really good, like, thoughts about writing in general, but like, is there anything for any writer who's listening, any like words of advice or wisdom you'd give them mm -hmm. in general? Um, I mean, write what brings you joy mm -hmm. and, uh, um, 
if you if you want to improve your writing because you're like, oh, I think this is okay, but I think I can do better. I can recommend nothing better than having someone as a sounding board, whether that's someone who functions as like an alpha reader or a beta reader or just like brainstorm spot stuff with you. Just have a friend you can talk to the stuff about and who's honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes people are like, oh, everything you write is great. This was so awesome. Like, thank you. This is not the feedback I wanted right now. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, you no, know. So- Sometimes yeah. you need someone to be like, I love you and I love the things that you do, but this is trash and you need right? to fix it. Yes. Right. Sometimes you need to like someone to go like, I know you can do better, which is like a compliment, yeah. you know, like a compliment, but also a critique. Um, and I know that this is just a hobby and it's fine if people are like, I'm just going to, you know, bang out 5,000 words because it's fun and post it and it's great. Um, I am not like that. <laughs> so I, I need something to be as as good as it can be before I post it. Um, and so for me, it's just, and I think it's just, and it, I mean, there's, it's not easy to find like good people who can give you feedback that's helpful without destroying your spirit, but it's still helpful, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, that, and the other thing is just, and it's, it, I know it sounds trite and we all love feedback and comments and kudos and it's like absolutely valid to want those and to be unhappy. And to be unhappy when you don't get them a lot. But at some point, you just need to let go and write the things that make you happy anyway. Like, I always know my dinosaur fics never get as much kudos as, like, a normal uh, fic, whatever that is. Because not a lot of people are into dinosaurs. And fair enough. But I will keep writing it because it brings me joy. And if there's only one person who comments and says, I like this, then I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's great, though. That's Um, great, though. Yeah. So follow your heart. Right, dinosaur fix. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the title of this episode. Follow your heart. Right, dinosaur fix. I love this. I don't know. I I, I kind of like space makes everything better. I wrote that down before. I kind of uh, think. You know what? I I once wrote a fic with dinosaurs in space, and uh, because you know dinosaurs are great and space make everything better. And I will say it's not the best thing I've ever written in my life, but I had fun how to figure out to put dinosaurs in space. Well, I think we're going to do space and dinosaurs make everything better then. I think that might be a yeah. good, that might be a good yeah. title for this. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> oh, Ash, yeah. this has been so much fun. Thank you for, for taking time to. to Thank to, you guys I, for having me. Yeah. We, I mean, again, I know, I know you're busy and stuff, but like, we always like to, once we have somebody on, as long as we haven't scared them off and Carly hasn't yelled at them too much, we like to have them come back. <laughs> So maybe we can, maybe like if another topic comes up at some point, um, you know, again, not anytime soon, but if you'd love to come back on and chat about, about something, I'd love to be able to just reach out to you and say, Hey, do you have some time to, to talk about this or that or whatever? But yeah, I, I, I just, I love talking with fellow writers and lovers of fan fiction. We, we, we both do it. It gives us, I think a little jolt of adrenaline too. And then it's like, Oh, I could do this with my fic. I should do this with my fic. I should try this. Yes. So it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who, you know, appreciates it as much as as much as we do and does such a great job sharing that with the fandom. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you guys are doing is great, especially now, you know, when the fandom is shrinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, like pulling the community together and like connecting new people with each other. I think that's a great thing. Oh, um and you. so I'll come back to you guys anytime. You. It's like Aww. you're so nice to me. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much.
Oh, lovely. We lovely. try. We try to be nice. Yeah. We try to be nice. Yeah. I think. Um, I think we do a good job. I think we do a good. Yeah. Job. And I. I really appreciate how balanced and thoughtful you guys are, especially Aww. like in our, Aww. you know, current fandom climate. Um. So this is this is very heartwarming what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. And, thank you, you guys uh, as well. And if there's anything you need from me beforehand, uh, let me know. But like I said, I'll definitely let you know when when the episode's coming out. And I think I am going to go with Branded Heart because I really did. I really did enjoy reading that one. So, and if I if I have enough time, I'll do Heart Blood too. And maybe you'll get a special. Oh, you get two. You get two fix. <laughs> <from Ash. laughs> Oh, but thank you. Appreciate it. And have a good, have a good rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank no, you this for joining great. us. Good. I, I feel, I really feel better about myself and my writing now. That's good. Amazing. That's our yes, job. Good. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, we aim to help people leave us feeling better about themselves. So I'm glad we have yes. succeeded. Absolutely. But thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us and have a great rest of your Saturday. Yeah. You guys too. Early. Probably enjoy your long weekend. I'm gonna, it's gonna be I'm gonna sleep so much, it's gonna be great. <laughs> so I'm right. just gonna sleep. Fair enough. Okay. Alrighty. Bye guys. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was good. That was great. We I love having that. Yeah, we love having authors on. Come chat to us, guys. We're not scary. No. Funny. We'll ask you what your favorite dinosaur is. I'm gonna start <laughs> I'm gonna start putting that on guest forms okay. now. What is your favorite dinosaur? That'll have to be a question. Just make sure we have that in, in our in our running list, just, just randomly. What is your favorite dinosaur? What is your favorite dinosaur? I feel like we're getting this a lot from authors that we talk to too. It's just like write what brings you joy, you know, write for yourself. First and foremost, like, yeah, everything's, it's great to get the reception feedback, but at the end of the day, you have to really enjoy what it is that you're writing and community, you know, how important, how important that is yeah. to have that. But yeah, absolutely. And like, like Ash says, with the, with the show being over and the fandom, I mean, it's, I, it's shrinking, but it's shrinking slowly, but you know, people, people are moving on and, you know finding other things to fill the void that supernatural left us yeah. with i think finding you know finding your circles finding your communities finding the people that make you happy and support you is really important and you know if they are people you can bounce ideas off that's fucking great too yeah find your people write your joy i like yeah. that i'm gonna yeah. write that down somewhere yeah that's the one thing too is that like it, it sort of does kind of like bum me out a little bit that you know i think kind of getting into the fandom kind of like when it was getting it to the very point where it was getting ready to sort of like, you know, it was reaching its peak of like where it was getting to be, you know, the finale was coming and then sort of like riding that wave. And then again, sort of seeing, and again, it's understandable, new stuff, new works brings, you know, excitement and these new characters that people want to explore. But I, I do feel like there's always going to I, I wasn't sure about this before, but I do really feel like there's a core of people that will always come back to, I think, Sam mm-hmm. and Dean. And it may not be as often, but I think there's just something very special about the show and the characters that will kind of bring in people. You know, like I, I think it's got that built in not momentum. I don't know what the right word is, but like this resurgence quality where it can it can always bring in a new generation of fans for different reasons like people are still learning about a show that's been on the air forever and you know they're coming back to it in different ways whether it's streaming or you know somebody 
somebody older, you know, maybe like a parent, oh, we're going to watch Supernatural together. And then that becomes a thing. And then, you know, they kind of like have that continuous fan base. I'm also like, because I mean, every time I know when we go to, when I've been, I've gone to conventions, like even the last time when Jared usually asks like first time, there's still a lot of people saying it's their first time, you know, coming to a convention. And that's, I think that says a lot for, you know, for a fandom. That's what it's going to be three years since the finale. It's good. I'm, I, I, I think, uh, I think I'm a long hauler, whether it's just, whether it's just you and me, Carly, right? <laughs> I have I have invested far too much time in this hyperfixation <laughs> now. I think this one might see me through to my death. And also, of all the of all the things I've hyperfixated on in my life, you know, hashtag neurodivergence. Um, this one has brought me the the greatest of friends and you know, the most joy and sparked so much creativity within me that I don't think I could let it go. Even yeah. if my brain decided that we were done with it, I'd be like, no, no, we're keeping this one. No, you're going to get to throw good. this out with the rest of them. We're keeping it. Yeah, good. You I, know? Think, I, I think that's I think that's very special. I think that's great. And yeah, I hope we get to get to chat with with more people and, you know, kind of increase our little circle, you know, of, mm. of people too in, in, in ways that, you know, just having that having that connection, I think, is is special. But yeah, so again, I totally agree. If you write stuff, if you want to chat with us, if you want to maybe come on and talk fan fiction, maybe you're just or if a you reader. draw stuff, yeah, or you draw stuff, or if you're a reader, if you're just like a or super reader. fan, yeah, and you want to talk supernatural, um, reach out to us. We've got links in the description where you can fill out a form, give us information, or you can just you can just reach out to us in various ways. Some of those ways are emailing us at idlinginthepala at gmail.com. You can comment on Spotify and use the Q&A section to share your thoughts. All our contact details are on our website, idlinginthempala.com. Go check it out. Yes, you should do that. Also, if since there's conventions and the um, actor strike is just yay! ended. So yeah, you <laughs> hype, 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 hype. We stand strong. Um, if you've been to like a convention, maybe it was your first convention, you know, and you want to talk to somebody about it, come talk to us about it. Okay. Yeah. Let me live vicariously through you. Yeah. All right? <laughs> I'm saving up money. We're holding, we're, we're crossing all the fingers for Jared to come back to the UK next year, but let me live vicariously through you, please. <laughs> until such time as I can do it myself. And even then it won't be a creation con level. So, you know, come talk to us. Don't forget to like, comment, share, follow, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. But especially if you are watching or listening on YouTube, it really helps us with the YouTube algorithm. All hail its benevolence. Don't forget in the description, as always, there are the causes that we are championing. The holidays are coming up. If you are a member of the LGBTQ plus community, the holidays can be quite hard. We understand this, you know, and with you, we stand with you. But if you need somebody to talk to, there are charities that can help you put help put you in touch with people um election season is doing whatever the fuck election season does in the u.s so um sandra has put some links in there to um you know direct you to places keep yourself informed you know try and stay ahead of all the of all the nonsense and actually um a couple of a couple of years ago uh no it was in time for the 2020 election tenacious d the band covered um time warp from the rocky horror picture show um and it's called rocky the vote and hmm. i only just looked at the description uh of the video like recently and it's it's just like the song says it's a jump to the left 
not a step to the right. And I fucking love that. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. it comes to voting, it's a jump to the left, guys. You know, let's let's try and try and turn this disaster piece around. <laughs> you know, also in there, we are championing big time World Central Kitchen and Doctors Without Borders, both charities which are on the ground in the Ukraine and in Gaza, helping people who are being affected by Russia's continuing and ongoing unlawful invasion of the Ukraine and the Israel-Hamas conflicts in the Middle East. And we know that the Middle East conflict is complicated. We understand that. We're not asking you to take sides. We're not publicly taking a side. But there are people there, children, who did not ask for any of this and they are starving, they are being bombed and they need help because they don't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. So this is not a political thing. This is a humanitarian thing. World Central Kitchen, feeding people, Doctors Without Borders, obviously providing medical care. If you can, if you are willing, if you are able, if you can help any of those causes, keep helping people. That would be amazing. And if you need any of their resources, that is what they are there for. So big long spiel about the causes in the description. Sorry, guys, but it's important. You know, things are coming up. People might need them. So I'll keep I'll keep yelling about them, you know. <laughs> come come have a chat with me. <laughs> but with that, we will say thank you very much for joining us in the back seat. Thank you to Ash for joining us today. And we will see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.